You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Lucas Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today is Monday, October the 12th. We've got more off-season evaluations to talk about. Again, we were hoping to have a crossover show today. I'm not sure if you're expecting that or not. can't remember if I mentioned it to you guys, but hopefully we'll have a uh, massive crossover with all the NL Central teams in the coming weeks. But, you know, things come up, things happen, so we had to reschedule things around, so we will move along with the off-season content of off-season evaluations. Today we are looking at the second base position, which means we're mostly going to be looking at Colton Wong, a little bit of Tommy Edmond, and then uh, Max Schrock and Brad Miller both had under 10 plate appearances at the second base position, so I won't be too worried about them, but we will be uh, looking at Wong, and I'll be giving my off-season grading, but before we do get to that, let's talk a little bit about the postseason that's happening, because yesterday the Rays won... Thankfully, I'm not sure if I ever told you guys, but I am rooting for the Rays in game number one. When the ALCS, rather, and the Rays did win in game number one. And guess who homered? Our old pal, Randy Arozarena. Of course, he had a home run. I mean, that he's been absolutely unstoppable this postseason. And the Rays' bullpen was shut down fantastic. They call, him, they call the bullpen like the stable. They all throw 90-something, but it was, it was pretty impressive to see the... Uh, the Rays bullpen, I think they only allowed one hit to Houston. There were a couple of pressure moments because of walks and things. But, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool to see the uh, the Rays win. I, I, I was appreciative of that. Um, I think the Rays will win the series. I just think that I, I like the way it works out in the Rays' favor. I, I just think that, you know, today they got Morton going on the hill. They've also got Glasnow deep, uh, ready to go in a couple games. And I just like the Rays' team. I mean, I like them better than the Astros because they're not cheaters. But uh, <laughs> I just like the Rays in general. I think they're the best team in the American League. Um, and I think that the Yankees were seated a little bit lower. I think the Yankees were probably in the top three, and the Rays beat them in five games. Um, and, yeah, so I, I like the Rays in the American League Championship Series. And then in the NLCS, which starts tonight, Game 1 to stand up to the Dodgers and Braves. I have not liked the Dodgers since 2013 because of the – uh, National League Championship Series against the Cardinals and the Mickey Mouse celebration crap that Gonzalez and Puig did, and then that carried over into the 14 Division Series when Puig got hit and they threw a fit. Uh, but I, I just don't like the Dodgers, and it's unfortunate that they have swept their way to the Nas- <coughs> excuse me to the National League Championship Series. But then again, so have the Braves. So whoever wins tonight or whoever loses tonight will lose their first game in the 2020 postseason, and. I like the Braves. I, I like them last year. I didn't have any ill feelings towards them last year. I just obviously wanted the Cardinals to beat them, and they did. And this season, um, would I have liked to see the Marlins kind of pull off an upset? Sure, but that would have likely meant that the Dodgers were going to win the National League uh, pennant. So I'm happy that the Braves won, and I'm happy that Marcelo Ozuna's on that team. And just a little update. I posted, uh, I don't know if you guys listened, but on Friday I, I, I did a show about why the Cardinals should think about re-signing him. Uh, the show was mostly about you know the, the three Cardinals in the postseason at that time, which were Arena, Voigt, and Ozuna, two of which are still in. Uh, the three big ones, anyways, that, I caught, that catch my eye. And, yeah, so I posted that quote on Instagram about how the Cardinals should pursue him. And guess who liked the photo? 
Marcelo Zuna. So that's kind of interesting uh, that he's in the middle of a pennant race with another team, and he liked to post about my podcast talking about how the Cardinals should pursue him. So something to keep in mind. Who knows uh, if that'll actually happen. Uh, but and then if somebody did comment, and I appreciated the comment, uh, that they, sh- they shouldn't go after him because he's only good with, with bats around him and the only uh, going to have one good at-bat on the roster, and I'm assuming that he's referring to Mr. Goldschmidt, which is totally understandable. But I think that if the Cardinals can go after Rosuna, get a couple other pieces in the outfield, maybe I don't think Mozilla will because he doesn't like to spend money, but uh, that's a, a topic for another day. I just thought it was interesting. I think the Braves win this one in seven. I think both these series have a chance to go seven games. I think the Rays win it in six, and I think the Braves win it in seven. Might be me being a little bit hopeful, but I think that the Braves will get it done. Tonight, the first pitch from the Braves series is at uh, 7.08 Central Time. It's Freed versus Bueller. Um, so it'll be a good pitching matchup, I think. But anyways, with all that uh, out of the way, I'm talking about the postseason, because it's, it's a wild postseason. And also, congratulations to the Lakers for winning the NBA Finals. Uh, I was cheering for for them. But let's get on to Cardinal Baseball. We're, we're a little bit into it, so let, let's get into it. Cardinals' second baseman this season. Um, it was a combination of really two guys, but you could call it three if you four if you wanted it to. Uh, Wong, Edmund, Schrock, and Miller. Edmund had seven games there. Schrock had three games there. Miller just one game. He went one for three. Uh, and then Colton Wong was 51 games at the second base position of his 53 um, overall in the season. And as a second baseman, Wong hit 265, but... He only had a couple of bats outside of it, so let's just give you his full numbers. He hit um, 265. He slashed 265, 350, 326. He hit one home run uh, with an OPS of 675 and an OPS plus of 87, so just a little bit below average there. It was 100 being the average. It's kind of interesting when you look at Colton Wong's um, stat line. In 2013, he had 32 games, but ever since then, he's kind of gone back and forth in productivity. He hit 249 in 2014, and then 262 in 15, and so on and so forth of 240, 285, 249, 285, and 265 last year, so back and forth. His OPS Plus in 2014 was 89, next year 93, back down to 84, back up to 109, 97, 108, 87. So just back and forth years for Colton Wong, and you just wonder how long is it going to take for him to get it get it together. I mean, he's been in the league now for eight years. He just turned 30. And the Cardinals need more consistency consistency out of him. And he he really needs to get it going just because of he's he's the leadoff hitter on this team. And that I mean he needs to be able to hit with more consistency from that leadoff position. Uh, in forty seven games, two hundred and one plate appearances at the leadoff position, he had two sixty one, three forty two on base, three twenty four slugging, and that's just not gonna cut it as a leadoff hitter. He had a OPS plus ninety seven. He only had a handful of, of at-bats outside of that position. He hit fourth once. He hit sixth once. Seventh once. Eighth. He had two games, one a plate appearance, and he hit ninth once in one game, and he went one for three. Um, and what's interesting to me is that he's not really a prototypical leadoff hitter when you look at his counts. Um, on the first pitch, he hit 294. You don't, you don't see a lot of leadoff hitters typically swing at the first pitch. Um, and then with... with Early in the count, his averages seem to be higher, which is understandable. But you just don't usually see leadoff hitters swing the first pitch that often. Uh, and as you go down, as anybody's averages well, they go down as you get deeper into the count. But you would you would expect the the leadoff position to, to see more pitches and to take a little more time. But that's a little bit more traditional. I don't know if it's truly that case anymore, just with how good the pitchers have gotten and how um, you know j- just how. 
just how backwards the game is pitched based on tradition. Because usually, you know, first pitch fastball, breaking ball is late, but now you never know what's going to um, what's going to happen on the first pitch. And what's interesting to me too is that Colton Wong is in in twenty six plate appearances, he hit three eighty nine, four seventy seven on base, four seventy two slugging with runners in scoring position, OPS plus of one eighty one. So you got to wonder if maybe. You know, the top of the order isn't the place for Colton Wong. Maybe he is supposed to be a 7 8 hitter so we can hit with, or 6 7 8 hitter so we can hit with runners in scoring position. Because runners in scoring position was a huge problem for St. Louis this year. So maybe if you put him down in the lineup, maybe he hits a little bit better. Maybe you hit him, you try to do what you did with Bader and have him be almost that second leadoff hitter, hit him ninth, get him maybe a little more chances with runners in scoring position, move Edmund to the top. And go from there. So it's an interesting look when you when you think about what you want to do with Colton Wong because he he's been here for eight years, like I said, and he's got an option coming up. He's got a team option coming up that the Cardinals uh, can decide. I think up until five days after the World Series, they have to decide. Um, so it's, it'll be interesting. I'll give my take on what they should do with that option coming up in just a moment, and I will also take a look at Tommy Edmond, the rest of second base, um, and give my grade for Colton Wong and the rest of the. Cardinal second baseman coming up in just a moment. But before I tell you about that, I want to tell you about the incredible new and improved Built Bar. Before I tell you about the regular old amazing flavor, let's tell you about a new limited release of a strawberry flavor. You get 12% off your order through today. This order ends today. They are partnered with Barbells for Boobs, Breast Cancer Angels, Huntsman Cancer Institute, Living Beyond Breast Cancer. Built Bar will match your donation to these organizations listed above up to $50 per order, plus 100% of these proceeds from the Built Bar Breast Cancer Awareness hoodie will go to these organizations to help support breast cancer patients and their families. Breast Cancer Awareness hoodies just for $19.95. Go to BuiltBar.com right now for this incredible deal to help out cancer patients and to invest into cancer research. And that is beyond what they already do with their incredible flavors. Six new ones including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake. They're soft and easy to chew, covered 100% in chocolate, but that doesn't mean they're not healthy. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber as well. I'm not on any diet, but it still helps me stay healthy and stay in shape. Right now, beyond the uh, October 12th deadline, you can also get a free cooler with a purchase while supplies last. So hurry up and... Go for a chance at your free cooler. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the code, promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's more than we've ever offered. 20% off. Use promo code Locked On. 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Again, with code Locked On. So tomorrow's show on Tuesday, we'll be looking at third base. We'll be going from second base over third base because of four to five position if you're scoring in a scorebook. Um, so we'll be looking at Matt Carpenter a little bit, Brad Miller a little bit, Edmund a little bit more. Um, but I do want to talk about Edmund just a tad um, because when you look at his standard batting, he took a step back in 2020. There's no question about it. His OPS plus dropped from 122 to 87. Uh, OPS dropped 850 to 685. So every statistical category dropped for Edmund. Um, except for, you know, it dropped, but not as significantly as you might have thought. His RBIs only dropped by 10 and playing in 40-some-odd less games, 92 to 55 this year. So that was kind of interesting. Um 
And he in 2020, he, he played the outfield a little bit. He played right field, shortstop, second base, third base a little bit as well. So he, he's the definition of a utility man, which, which is good for, for St. Louis moving forward that you can kind of place him wherever. Um, and according to baseballreference.com, he was the fifth best player on the team based on war, a .8 war. Who was the second best, you ask? Colton Wong, the other, first, other second baseman at 1.2. So Edmund, I think... He's better suited on the infield, obviously, but you can play him on the outfield. And we'll talk about Evan as we go through the outfield evaluations because of his um, extreme versatility. We talk about him a lot moving forward. So I won't want to spoil my opinion on Evan too much. You'll just have to keep on listening. Um, but when you, when you continue to look at Colton Wong, um, I talked a lot about his offense. But his defense is second to none, really, in my opinion, at the second base position. He was seventh in the major leagues, or seventh in the NL, rather, in defensive war, .9. He's up there with, with names like Arenado, Swanson, Baez, Kika Hernandez, Tucker Barnard, the incredible catcher at Cincinnati, Machado's behind him, Betts is behind him. Um, so Wong, with his defensive war, that's why his war is so high, mainly because of his defense, and that is invaluable when you look at, uh, especially at the second base position. Um, and what's another kind of an interesting stat on Wong that I thought was kind of funny was his amount of singles. He was top 10 in, in singles, even with the 265 average. He had 41 singles, good for ninth, which is an interesting, stupid tidbit, but it's still worth mentioning, in my opinion. He also did not strike out a lot. He was ninth in at-bats per strikeout. He struck out once every six at-bats, which was very low in terms of uh, percentages. His K rate was 14%, which is in the top 10% of the league. Um, so he, he did not strike out all that much. The 90th percentile of that, according to Baseball Savant. So th- that's something that you really do, you, you like to see. Uh, that doesn't strike out a lot. And that, that is something you like to see from the, from the top of the order. I remember the first game back, he really, he worked like an eight-pitch at back at bat, eight-pitch walk in the first game back after the coronavirus thing. And it was a small thing, but it, it just showed that the Cardinals have an offense that'll see a lot of pitches and do some things with it. So I think that the ability to see pitches and the ability not to strike out is huge, especially in 2020. Um, that's, that's something that you just don't see every day. Uh, he, he doesn't swing and miss a lot. He's in the 93rd percentile in terms of with percentage. So he he makes contact. He doesn't strike out a ton. Um, so that, that's something that you, that's really uh, positive for Colton Wong. And defensively, when you when you look at his, his defensive numbers, they are huge. They're, they're really good. His uh, when you look at his defensive run save, which is one stat, he was second in the majors, tied for second, with six defensive run saves, and he's easily a candidate for the NL Gold Glove again this year. He made some spectacular plays in the division series. Um, he, he he just, he's spectacularly defensively. There's no other way to put it. And it'll be an interesting thing to see whether or not the Cardinals pick up his option. He's the only Cardinal with a 2021 option because um, Miller vested his year with his 14th appearance earlier. Um, so five days after the World Series ends, the Cardinals must either exercise his option for $12.5 million or buy it out for $1 million. And if they buy it out, that means that they pay him, but he doesn't come back. Um, so Wong has expressed desire to, to return to St. Louis. Um, bringing his back is not out of the question. And... Um, if, if he does, that'll push Edmund Moore to the third base position full-time and or shortstop to back up Colton Wong. I think they need to pick up the option. I don't think, especially with, with how the Cardinals have been historically in the free agent and trade market, I mean, other than Goldschmidt, there haven't really been a huge amount of big moves in the offseason the last number of years. Um, but I think Wong needs to be picked up. I think that 
yes, he had a down offensive year this year, but he still showed you in the postseason that the guy can hit. He plays an incredible second base. You're not going to find that very, you're not going to find that elsewhere. I think he's going to win the gold glove again. So I think the Cardinals need to bring him back for $12.5 million club option. And you go, you look out where, outwards for other solutions. When you look at the outfield, maybe you look you look outward. But you got to look inward at second base. Colton Wong is the option at second base for me, for the St. Louis Cardinals. And I think that they need to bring him back for 2021. So with that said, with everything uh, talked about, stats, defense, my thoughts on it, my grade for the 2020 Cardinals second baseman looking mainly at Wong and Edmund. Overall is a C plus. I think defensively really brings this grade up, especially when you're looking at Colton Wong. But the leadoff hitter cannot hit 265 um, with one home run and an, an OPS plus of, of 87 and an on-base percentage of 350. If you're going to bat him in the leadoff position, he's got to be better. I think maybe he's not cut out to be a leadoff hitter, especially with his runners and scoring position numbers. I think that you might want to look at moving him down the lineup to get more opportunities with that. Um, but I think a C-plus is very re- respectable. It, it's just above average. And I think that when you look at offensively, the the uh, Cardinal second base position, Wong specifically, was just about average in terms of t- uh, 2020. I think that with with every position that I've talked about this year, especially with second base, I've talked about so far catcher first and second. Um, I think of the three positions that I've talked about, this is the position that I'm most excited for going into 2021, especially if they keep Wong. I think that this has the opportunity to be a really top-of-the-notch defensive and offensive position uh, if Wong can do what he does best in 2021 and rebound like he has in the last couple years following a down year. So I think Wong can do some big things for St. Louis. So with that said, that will do the show for Monday. Tomorrow we'll be looking at third baseman, talking about Matt Carpenter a little bit. Um, uh, Tommy Edmond, Brad Miller. There's a whole quartet. There's a whole. There's a lot of people that played third base for St. Louis this year. So we'll be talking about all of it. Be sure to tweet me uh, with any suggestions you have about what you want me to talk about, things you want me to look look up, find, and things like that. So be sure to tune in tomorrow, uh, for Tuesday's show. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Have a great day.